Altitude 5,200 feet. Annual attitude control is good. Roger, copy. Altitude 4,200. Houston, you're a go for landing. Over. Captain, step off the land now. That's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. In the early 1960s, NASA selected the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, or MIT Instrumentation Lab, to develop the navigation system of the Apollo spacecraft. The goal was to land on the lunar surface on the very first try and return safely to Earth. All in all, the trip would take more than a half million miles. The mission seemed to be beyond the bounds of possibility. But through the ingenuity, passion, and hard work of so many, astronauts Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin took the first steps by humans on the moon. Airmen from the planet Earth, first step foot upon the moon, July 1969. Decades later, MIT is still taking these challenges head on. Through its initiative, MIT Solve, people from all over the world pitch their solutions to massive global problems. Overseeing this program is a woman who blazes the trail, a trail for people whose big ideas can change the world. This is the story of Alex Amuel, ruthless problem solver and the executive director of MIT Solve. This is Camille. And this is Maverick. And this is Sincerely Human, a show about humans you should know. And their stories of doing good in the modern age. So I studied biochemistry and then international relations because I didn't want to become a scientific researcher, I found out. And then uh, after my master's, I joined a management consulting firm in London and did that for about two and a half years. And one of their pro bono clients was Save the Children. Save the Children is a leading organization aimed at transforming the lives of vulnerable children. Over the past 100 years, Save the Children has impacted more than 1 billion children all over the world. I requested and requested and requested to be on that project and they kept putting me on private equity and pharmaceutical company cases and that type of thing. But finally, they rewarded me with a Save the Children case. And then that really started my career in social impact because after sort of four months on the case, I then ultimately ended up working there full time for three and a half years. Eventually, Alex moved to New York to work for the Clinton Global Initiative. I think, as Steve Jobs said in that famous Stanford lecture, sort of the dots make sense in hindsight. I guess even my biochemistry degree didn't seem that useful in my career at, say, Save the Children or the Clinton Foundation until I sort of was interviewing for the job at MIT and really I understood that they wanted someone, a scientist or somebody with a STEM background who also had social impact sort of work and there were not that many people with sort of both those degrees and those combinations. So I was like, ah, that finally makes sense. 
Um, but then as I moved as an executive director at MIT Solve, I was both in charge of the program and the strategy, but also, you know, you need to hire people, you have to manage a budget, and, you know, all of those skills sort of really managed to come together. And it takes a certain tenacity and boldness to look for answers to questions like, how do coastal communities adapt to climate change? How can we prevent and manage chronic diseases like diabetes or cancer? Or what about refugees and displaced children? How do we ensure they still have access to quality education? Since 2016, Alex and her team have sought innovators from every corner of the world to provide answers. So our mission is to solve world challenges, but not unambitious. MIT put, you know, a man on the moon and, you know, helped develop the internet. So we sort of think we can do anything. And that's what we're applying our optimism and our expertise towards solving world challenges. And how we do that is that we launch challenges every year around education, health, economic prosperity and sustainability. And then we scour the world in as open way as possible to get applications. And so we then select on our open innovation platform, we select the best social innovators. They can be 13, they can be 84, they can be for-profit or non-profit, they can be an MIT student or never heard of MIT before in their lives. No matter your age or background, you get an equal opportunity to make a life-changing impact. I lived in West Africa for three years in the 1960s. That's Richard Rowe. While working with the West African Examinations Council, he witnessed inadequate education and poverty firsthand. When he returned to the U.S., Richard continued his efforts to improve educational opportunities for the disadvantaged. Uh, Nicholas Nankapati, who was and remains a good friend, uh, approached me with the One Laptop Per Child concept and urged me to join him in that effort. Richard previously served as the president of the One Laptop Per Child Foundation, an organization aimed to provide durable, low-cost, and low-power laptops for children in the developing world. It became clear over a fairly short number of months when I was president there that he believed, it was his belief, that if, if we just get the hardware out there, that that would be sufficient even to the point that he was proposing for some time to uh, drop tablets into villages by helicopter. And it became clear to me, from my experience there, that uh, helicopters by themselves would not change the world. Having spent a lot of time in African villages, Richard understood there had to be a learning and educational component, and providing the technological device would only be a means to an end. It was also clear from my own personal experience and bias that that educational system needed to be radically different from the traditional model, which is essentially an industrial model of top-down. Everybody learns the same thing. Everybody's treated as if they are the same. I felt strongly, again, partly because my background in clinical psychology, everyone is different. and We needed a learning system that acknowledges that and enables people to develop their personal talents. In 2007, Richard founded Open Learning Exchange, an organization that's committed to use learning as a tool to break the cycle of global poverty and violence. Richard is an MIT solver, and he continues to deploy solutions, such as Pathways, 
a program that enables people in isolated locations, whether that's remote villages or refugee camps, to access knowledge and skills they need to live and work. When you're in a refugee camp, you need offline solutions because you might have access to internet sometimes, but you don't generally have continuous high-level broadband access. That's Alex again. It's really about open innovation and the idea that talent and ingenuity exists anywhere and that we want to source the most promising solutions. Um, This past class that we selected in September, we selected 33 solver teams across our four challenges. 61% of them are women-led. So these are women tech innovators and People say, oh, we don't know where to find women in tech. It's like, you're not looking. Um, And then nine of them are from Africa. And, you know, some of their technologies are what you expect. It's software and AI and blockchain and et cetera. And some of the technologies are one of the solver teams we selected is a biodegradable banana fiber sanitary pad. You know, so I think that As part of this, BAR obviously elevating these solutions and supporting them and helping them get some funding and getting them mentors and, you know, that's that's everything that we we do at Solve. But MIT Solve does more than provide resources to accelerate world-changing ideas. Their initiative also gets to show the different faces of a technologist or a social entrepreneur on a global platform. We know that a lot of the funding is going to a very certain type, but there are many more out there and it's showcasing these as well. Women like Sona Shah, CEO and co-founder of medical device startup Neopenda. So my background is originally in chemical engineering. I did chemical engineering from Georgia Tech and graduated a semester early, so thought why not travel a bit. Um, so I went to Western Kenya and I was a teacher out there for a few months and just absolutely loved the culture and the community. I think that's where um, I got bit by the international development bug. <laughs> Sona eventually pursued a master's in biomedical engineering at Columbia University. It was during this time when Sona came across a problem, one that she's addressing today. So initially, our advisor had challenged us at Columbia to think about why is newborn mortality so much higher in the resource settings than it is here in the U.S. Nearly 3 million newborns do not survive their first month. 98% of these deaths occur in the developing world. And with the right tools, 80% of these deaths could be preventable. In 2015, Sona went on a trip to Uganda. It was during this time when she was able to better understand why these deaths occur and on such a massive scale, and how they can be prevented. It's astonishing that even today, very few of these hospitals have functioning medical devices. A nurse would often take us to a back room that they call the equipment graveyard, and it's really just where all the broken medical devices go. To help newborns survive, Neopenda created its first product, a small device that monitors the vital signs of critically ill newborns in low-resource areas. Born as a headband, the device wirelessly sends vital signs data from multiple infants to a single tablet. This way, a nurse only has to look at one screen to see the status of her patients and be alerted when a newborn is in distress. For the people who want to change the world, it's not too late. It really isn't too late. That's Richard again. You need to do it together. We need to do it together. And 
in this world, that means we need to do it across national lines. We need to cross cultural lines. We need to work together to solve these problems. These problems cannot be solved in isolation. This is somebody I know who wrote a book on women entrepreneurs called Natalie Molina. It's not about social entrepreneurs, it's about entrepreneurship in general. She's like, don't start a business because you're passionate about it. Start a business because you want to punch something. Um, like you're so frustrated about this that you really want to figure it out. Don't let yourself be intimidated and don't confine yourself to the boxes that people expect of you. If you want to learn more about MIT Solve, visit solve.mit.edu. There, you can also join their flagship event, which is currently ongoing. You can watch the live stream till May 9th. You'll hear from prominent global leaders and the inspiring Solver teams. If you like Sincerely Human, please rate and leave us a review. And if you can, kindly spread the word about the show. It'll help more people discover the podcast. That's it for this episode. We're taking a quick break and we'll be back to our regular schedule in June. In the meantime, you can hop on over to our Instagram account, at SincerelyHuman, which has been really growing, by the way, so thank you for your incredible support. We'll keep things running over there with our regular inspiring content throughout the break. All right, we'll see you in June. Remember, be good to one another.